Hey, everybody. This is Arthur C. Coming to you live from an undisclosed location. And you're watching the Heavy Galaxy Show. Come on now. Thanks, everyone, once again for tuning in. Matt and John are back with you here for another episode of the Heavy Galaxy Show. And on this week's episode, I'd like to welcome our guest from Supergroup Legions of Doom. We've got bassist Ron Holzner who joins us today. Ron, greatly appreciate you coming on with us, man. How are you? Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely, Ron. Well, Legions of Doom, man, you guys, I know, just played your first show uh, at Reggie's in Chicago, uh, legendary Reggie's there, uh, last week, I believe. And you hit Legion of Metal Fest, which is kind of cool. Perfect. Mm -hmm. wow. Nice, man. Well, yeah, talk about, I mean, that's obviously, I believe, the first uh, show, right, for the band. Was that your guys' yeah, first technically, time? Yeah, it's the first show of okay. uh, Legions of Doom. Yes. Very cool, man. Well, I, I know you guys, obviously, you got the European, you know, we were just talking about that a little bit, European. Uh, Little stint that you got coming up this summer. You got, uh, you know, appearances scheduled at Hellfest in France, Grass Pop in Belgium. Uh, so I guess, man, just tell us how the first show went and how things are going so far leading up to the dates you got scheduled in Europe. Well, it's it's a trip. I mean, it, I was nervous as hell, to tell you the truth. It's like I've played Reggie's dozens of times, I mean, with the Skull and other bands. But it's like when I got there, it's like something was different because it's like, hey, I'm in a new band. You know, it was really weird. First time we've played without, say, the Skull, without Wagner or any uh, Wagner uh, memorial shows. And this is just all of us representing us, you know. And I was nervous as hell. It's, it's a good feeling. I mean, you got to still be ner nervous before a show. Otherwise, you don't, you don't care, you know. Mm. But it, it, everybody, I mean, it went well. To, trying to put together a set list, like with uh, Corrosion of Conformity songs and St. Vitus songs and trouble songs and skull songs and um it it was hard but this, it people loved it they didn't really expect us to be doing all of that and uh it came across really well it was well received everybody loved it they you know we felt really good up there on stage we had a lot of fun and um it's nice to be able to play these songs again yeah yeah absolutely well, just before we, you know, we, we move on, I just want to uh, give a brief overview to our listeners and viewers who may not be aware 
of who exactly uh, comprises of Legions of Doom. Obviously, Scott Riegers, uh, you got the Duo Vocalists going on with Scott Riegers from St. Vitus and Carl Aguil, obviously, XCOC and Leadfoot uh, vocalists. On drums, you got St. Vitus and Blood of the Sun's Henry Vasquez. Uh And on guitars, you got the Skulls Lothar Keller and Leadfoot Scott Little. So, quite the array there of of seasoned musicians in the band. Um, Now, you just mentioned, too, about the set list. That was the thing me and John were talking about. How exactly did you go about picking which songs to play? Because you got (laughs) so much to choose from from all these guys and all these bands. So, yeah, tell us how you guys wound up choosing, you know, you have to know which songs you choose, but how did you go about it, selecting? It must have been an kind of left it left it in my lap. So I'm kind of like think, how could I? Because we don't have the singers both sing at both the same time, except at the end. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I want to have like an equal amount of songs for Scott Riegers and equal amount of songs for Carla Gell. Mm-hmm. So it's like the Blind Records, one of my favorite records of all time. It that yeah. is metal at at its best, you know. So mm-hmm. playing any of them songs, I'm happy with. So we just picked the ones that we think would fit with this set list. So I think we had three and an intro from the, from the blind record. Okay. Then the Vitus songs, I'm like, Oh, what would fit as well? You know, and we tried a bunch of different things and uh, we came up with uh, a nice mixture. You know, it's like something that, um, cause we have to think about, okay, I got to give equal time for both singers. We need some slow stuff. We need some fast stuff. We just, it's the hills and valleys of a set, you yeah. know, and it, it, yeah. it was a tough job, but I, I, I enjoyed it because it's like, man, I get to play this song, get to play this song. And um, then right. we kind of bounce out. We'll throw some skull stuff in there. And uh, then I'll pick uh, trouble songs from uh, like the Deaf American era, the albums that I played on. Mm-hmm. And, and it all kind of works out because we're all kind of memorializing. Uh, like a tribute to all the guys that we played this music with who are no longer with us. You know, mm-hmm. not just Eric Wagner who, you know, sadly passed just recently. And uh, I had Barry Stern, at, you know, playing on these rec, the two uh, Deaf American with Trouble records, mm-hmm. you know, and playing them songs and learning them again and listening. I'm like, God, I miss that guy, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like a tribute to him. Then with CLC losing Reed Mullen, you mm-hmm. know, for Carl. I mean, that, yeah, yeah, his yeah. drumming on that record is incredible. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> we honor him. And, um, and we got Armando from St. Vitus, the drummer. And then just recently Mark Adams passed. Yeah, you know, I mean, last week and Scott was yeah. it was it was hard on Scott. So it's like this is for our brother Mark, you know. So mm-hmm. we're honoring all the guys that we've made music with over the past, and um, right. it it's it's a good good feeling up there. I mean, the aura, the whole thing is really 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 positive. Sure. Now, one name I I did read when you guys were starting out. I think I I saw that. Victor Griffin was originally in. I know the the band was supposed to be. Is he? I mean, did that just not work out, or it was just sort of? Well, well me and Victor have been friends for a long time, and we've we've helped each other out year, many times. I played on projects of his. He played on stuff of mine, and he he played on Eric Wagner's new solo record. Um, mm-hmm. He was in the middle of not really doing much, you know. And I'm like going, hey, you feel like playing? grass pop and Hellfest, and play some you know some of our music and we'll throw in some pentagram and you ain't doing nothing let's do it he's like hell yeah so he was he was in mm-hmm. but then um pentagram found out that hey victor griffith is playing pentagram songs again let's oh, ask no. him if you'd rather just do that in pentagram no, no. and get paid a lot okay. more money mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's how it works, yeah. So my friend Victor is playing in the band he should be playing in, playing yeah. pentagram songs yeah. around the world. You know, I'm happy as hell for him. I mean, it would have been cool, but it's one of them things where he's doing what he should be doing. Like any of these guys, yeah, yeah. has to go back to the, the band they're supposed to be. That that's that's what you're supposed to do, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's no big deal. I mean, I'm sure he probably will be ending up jamming with us one day. You know, I bet. I then bet. It, lucky that we got Scott Little from from Leadfoot. You know, mm-hmm. who played with uh, you know Carl and right. Leadfoot. Yeah. And we actually did did the Blind Project years ago. I was playing bass with Reed Mullen on drums with Carl singing and mm-hmm. Scott on guitar. So we played these Blind songs years ago. Oh my god! You know, but I wasn't. I had to go back to trouble, so I wasn't able to fulfill it and they actually end up touring without me which was a bummer so i never got the chance to play these songs live and now i am so nice right yeah it's fucking cool you know so and what's so what's the scoop uh how long of a set how many songs it it depends where we're playing you know like uh, when you play festivals it's kind of limited i mean like we we played an hour at reggie's which i mean we we could play two hours if they give us the, the time and the two, Hellfest and Grasshopper, 45 minute sets. So it's yeah. like, man, I don't know how I'm going to narrow it down. Just, I was just thinking this morning, like, man, I got to trim some of this and trim some of this. And, oh, but yeah. uh, then we got a couple headline shows in the Weisbot in Germany and Eindhoven, Holland. So we'll be playing a little bit more. We're going to add, like, um, Leadfoot did a cover of Thin Lizzy, uh, Going to Creep Up on You. Great mm-hmm. song. You know, and I always loved it when I, you know, heard it. I'm like, I'd like to play that one day with these guys. And we're going to throw that in and um, maybe more Vitus, more CLC, more, I don't know. We're, we're going to round it off. You know, then we uh, we get back, we're going to start working on a new record. Okay. Oh, nice. That sounds really cool. And when when is Europe? When are you heading over there? Sunday. <laughs> No time soon. <laughs> no, I'm getting close, wow. man. That's I've, been, I've been up since this morning going over money and going over yeah. uh, advancing these shows and getting the driver knowing where we're going and hotels. It's It's been, uh, been a long day. Like it's been a long day. I've been up for probably 10 hours doing shit oh, already. Setting up, and setting up happily and go, hey, <laughs> hey uh, I'm okay. <laughs> you got to set up, you got to set up the weed connections. Yeah. yeah. I don't smoke anymore, but guitar players got to. Got a function. <laughs> Everybody in your happy, uh, happy frame of mind, and it, everything works smoothly. Oh, that's pretty wild. You got uh, three fifths of the skull. When I when I saw the skull, I, I actually had you as part of Vegas Rock Revolution show in Vegas at Cal right. Stam. And uh, so I met Henry, and I know Lothar, great guy. Uh, I, I tell you, that's a, that's an interesting night. That night, we talked a little bit offline beforehand. Uh, great show, like it just amazing. Too much and, whiskey that night. We some of us got a little too frisky. Oh, I was wondering if you remember that. And, oh, I and, do. Oh my god! Remember the? Uh, I had to take Leah, care. I had to be do damage control that night. Leah Burlington was our photographer. You know, helping take care of things. A friend of mine. She's a, and, she's a sweetheart. Yeah, she was amazing. Oh, and, and very patient Smith, with us. Yeah, which is rare. But I think she was scared of a couple of you guys. So, you know, <laughs> she had like probably Henry. But I, I'll never forget when we were in that, uh, we were back in, back in the green room, uh, pictures on. There's a picture of me with the band and uh, another dude. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, two pictures, but one is one of Eric looking at me like, what the fuck is he doing here? <laughs> the look he is giving me, it's 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 priceless. He's he literally he's just looking at me. But, I mean, the tension, you could cut it with a knife. Uh, well, it's just yeah, between Henry and Rob. And Rob was... Henry and uh, the, the drunken Rob were about to get into a fight right off the yeah. stage. It was pretty funny. I'm like, oh, this ought to be interesting, you know. And uh, <laughs> then I diffused it. Then Henry drank a bunch of whiskey and it came back. And it's like, hey, let's do band photos. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, just, yeah. you know, everything's fine. Nothing. Nobody got in fights. No, not It worked out well, you know. Um, yeah, it was we cool. got to say hi to, uh, uh, God, uh, Vinny that night. He was there. Yeah, three the people. He died like three days later, man. It was a shame. I know. It was like he was such a staple of the scene. And when I he showed up at two of my shows towards the end. Uh, and that was like, that's when I was like, oh, I felt like I made it something extra. <laughs> when Vinny decides to show up at one of your shows, because there's shows everywhere all the time. And uh, that was a big night. And I think back to that night, and God, at least three people I know have all passed away that were there just that night four years ago, whatever, five years ago. It's good to see you. Yeah. I mean, we did two Because Dave Sherman, because Dave guess, Sherman I, and Earthride. Oh, uh, perfect. Yeah, we got Earth, to know Vinny very well, you know, torn with Pantera with trouble. So it, it was good to see him. Wait a minute. You toured with Pantera. Okay. I, I didn't yeah, know trouble, all that. Dude. We did two tours. Tell, with, oh, yeah. I knew him back here. Dude. dude. Talk to us about that. <laughs> uh, the dime bag stories. Holy Toledo, man. Uh, he, um, it's funny because uh, at the time he used to like take it off, and I love taking it off from my band. I don't want to hang with them anymore. I was kind of mad at him. And uh, on the tour, Dime would poke his head in the dressing room and was like, Hey, Dad, you want to go out? I'm like, Yeah, okay. You know, at different, different times he'd poke his head, Dad, you ready? You know, like, yeah, you know, I'd always pack a bag just in case, you know, then also hit me and him would run out the door and there'd be a limo waiting. I'm like, oh, no. And he'd plan <laughs> adventures for us, whatever city we're in. I'm like, what are we going to get into now? And it was it was amazing. I mean, like New York, like Manhattan, New York, we took off and um, we we're just driving around and ended up pulling over to Jazz Club. It was right around the corner from uh, uh, Letterman. We're Letterman. uh, uh is his theater, whatever it was. Yep. A small little jazz club. We walked in and actually sat in with a jazz band. Oh wow! <laughs> it was really, really yeah, cool. nice. Nobody, everybody's like, "What the hell? These two heavy metal guys." And um, or we'd go like <laughs> other nights. We'd go to strip joints or Hooters, and we we're somewhere in the Midwest, and it was snow everywhere. We kept throwing twenties at the limo driver doing donuts in the parking lot. The strip. <laughs> <laughs> we got in. I'm like, dude, <laughs> wow, he was the most. Fun, loving dude you ever meet in your life. He he was like a living cartoon character. He knew how to live large, and he was fun to be around. And uh, he he left us too soon, man. Oh my god! That I mean, one of the biggest tragedies. Yeah, absolutely. When you think about yeah. that, that whole thing is so fucking infuriating and insane, all wrapped up into one. It's just uh, rock and roll is just such a. a a strange history when you go back all these different things over time from Hendrix to Morrison to, you know, Janice to whatever. Now, then next, you know, someone's getting shot on stage. It's just, right, it's insane. On. And it would, and, and a legend, everyone re revered this guy like no tomorrow, which has made it interesting. Uh, you know, that Pantera back on tour. 
Yeah, we're playing with them at Hellfest. Yeah, we play with them at Hellfest. It's going to be cool to see them again. Interesting. And you know, Phil and uh, Rex still pretty good or not? Not not so much over the years. Everybody kind of drifted off, you know. But when I, it's we're brothers, and we see each other. Going to be hugging and kissing and loving on each other, just like it was back in the days. So it's going to be a. Gonna be good. Wow, that's, that's it's gonna be really good, good to see him there. I mean, like long lost brothers is gonna be cool. And Zach ripping it up on guitar instead, and that's yeah, Zach cool. too, man. He's 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 awesome. Who him a long time as well. Why am I forgetting who's on drums? Charlie. Oh, Panati from Anthrax. <laughs> hey, that, that, that wow. great drummer from Anthrax. Hey, yeah, the guy good. from Anthrax, one of those Italian guys over there. Yeah. Um, he lives in know, the suburbs of Chicago, so I see him a lot. What? Oh, wow. yeah, it doesn't he have a really hot girlfriend? It's the butcher, baby. I like, hope so. Yeah, that's it. Not Heidi, the other, the other butcher baby. Yeah, I just read that. Yeah, butcher babies, <laughs> butcher baby, cool, Ronnie. Cool, cool. Now, now, I mentioned briefly about Earthride, and mm-hmm. the, you know, that must have been an interesting tour as well. I, and God, I never knew Dave. I didn't know Dave Sherman until soundcheck that night, and I feel like I was his best friend by the other night. I mean, just that's how such he is. A warm he, uh, soul. Wow. He, he's one of the people you just meet the first time, and it's it's a lifelong friend. I've known him for a yeah. long, long time. I mean, goodness, <laughs> seeing him bumping into him all over the world. He uh, he was another kind, special soul that we lost too soon. And it's in a, we're playing um, this Maryland Doom Fest where he'd always yeah. do it around. It's going to be very strange him not being there. Oh, I mean, yeah. I know. Um, is going to, a version of Earthrise is going to play. So that's going to be interesting. You know, it's going to be a, a sad, melancholy kind of evening, you know? Yeah, it will be. Because uh, definitely that's a tight knit situation up there in Maryland. Uh, yeah. I went to Maryland Doom Fest two or three years ago. And had my first experience. I got too damn drunk, to be quite honest with you. One night, I was like, God damn, I got to get my ass home. You know, because you start kind of early. And, you know, it's so the food wasn't as prevalent, you know. And you keep drinking and you forget you got to eat. And then, you know. You yep, miss, you know, that helps. So you know, people can't understand what you're saying. But it, Sherman was just so much fun. And he was a big weed smoker like you know myself. I enjoy some THC products, we'll say. And uh, I just think back, and it was just such a cool night. I have a lot of videos and pictures still to this day. At some point, I'll just put them back out there. You know, and, and Ronnie, you're, look, you're looking, you're, you're beefcake in some of these pictures, man. <laughs> Big boy, you know. This guy's like a, a Viking meets a something. I don't know what it is, Ron. I'm just normal size. Everyone else is short, man. <laughs> yeah, you've got muscles and stuff, right, Mark, too, you know? Right, you know. Look at Mark. He's normal. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm six, two and a half, so, you know. There you yeah, go. But, <laughs> there's a good the picture of you and me. What are you going to do about them? They need to eat some more uh, vitamins or something. I don't know. <laughs> Matt, Matt how, how tall are you, Matt? I'm six feet. Okay. You're probably 5'11", really. No, really up, right? Don't get I'm joking. <laughs> I always joke around people at six because no, I know, just yeah. rounding it up, you know. I, get I guess it. I should say I'm six one then, right? That's what I should do. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. The football yeah. players, they had the two. Yeah, inches. exactly. There you go. Yeah. yeah so, Matt, ask me something. What's yes. your thoughts on you, man? Yeah. So, well, I was going to ask you something. I want to ask you. We, me and John were talking about before uh, 
you, uh, we had you on, and I you brought it up just a second ago about Rick Rubin working with Rick Rubin. Um, you know, I put you put out a couple of records I know with Trouble uh, on American recordings back uh, late eighties, early nineties, I should say. Um, and you know, everyone we we talk to uh, or that really has worked with Rick, they always have like a unique, you know, a unique experience with him. Yeah. You know, some people were like. Well, he was there for like two minutes and we never saw him again. Or some people say, well, he came in and, and talked to us a little bit and just was there periodically. What was it for you guys with Trouble back then? What was your experience like working with Rick Rubin? We, we, were, we learned a lot from him. Like I said, Eric and myself wouldn't be able to be producing records like we do now if it wasn't for him. You know, he's got a unique style, but it's all about the feeling. Like when we were doing the first Trouble record, we're doing the rhythms in Sound City, which is, I mean, the whole vibe of that place was just incredible. And he would be in the, the control room, just kind of bebopping up and down to the music. And mm. if he stopped, he'd be like, hey, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. He, he needed the groove throughout. The whole mm. thing was the feeling about the groove. We played this one song 25 times, recorded it. Wow. Until he found the right groove. You know, so it's it was more about playing the song right. No, it was more about the groove than playing the song right. You know, he had to get capture the moment that was in his head what he felt would be the perfect take. Mm-hmm. You know, we learned that, and uh, he was there for the, the whole thing. It's like he, um, we weren't around for the mix; we weren't allowed. But uh, the recording, he was there for for most of it. He doesn't do like the overdubs and all that. Uh, the sounds and all that shit, the miking, but the important part, the meat of it, he was there. And um, then the second record, he wasn't around as much. Um, that was a little different because he, he was a little bit bigger and got too much more stuff going on. And um, mm. and I think our egos were running wild and we felt we could do the record better without him. Mm-hmm. So he, uh, we, he wanted to hear all the songs. We played all the songs. We intentionally played him like shit and fucked them all up. And um, he said, as soon as you guys are uh, <laughs> ready to uh, record a record, give me a call. And we wanted to start recording uh, the record without him. And he got pissed and um, then came in and corrected us and, and fixed what we we probably would have been a disaster. I think he uh, fixed uh, the situation. But uh, no, he was real easy to work with. He mm-hmm. uh, Mixing, he's got his, his hearing, I think, is really... Uh, damaged because mm-hmm. like playbacks would play louder than fucking hell the giant speakers and it's just like deafening so i think the high end was kind of blown out of his ears so that's why he kind of mm-hmm. you hear all the reuben records you know that's the high end is always pushed up mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah yeah this was a strange character and it's like that's a while ago just trying to think of some of the the weird stories with them. I'm sure it might pop in my head. Probably tonight in the middle of the night, I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> did, you, uh, did you go to his mansion? It was very new. Uh, Deaf American was fairly new when we, we were on, mm-hmm. on there. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it was funny because he, um, when he was, the good story, when he was recorded, he was spending time with us. And we said, well, I got my uh, new guy who, like the protege, the, the young guy he's, he's training. I got him working on some hick band from Atlanta. 
you know, I'm gonna be working with you guys, and it ended up that hick band from Atlanta was the Black Crows. Black Crows, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the record started selling us, and he put the brakes on and uh, remixed some stuff, threw some horns on it, and put executive producer on it. It's pretty funny. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. We used to yeah. call him the Rube, the Rube. He was the just Rube. like uh, the essence. You just like float in like an apparition, and there he is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know he's come out and he said that he's he doesn't really know much about music. And this is like recently, I think I read some interview. He was saying, I, yeah. I don't really know a lot about music. It's just like you you were kind of you know alluding to, it was more about he just kind of sits there and meditates and, and more goes for what he's feeling or tries to exactly. use that. All right? about yeah. feeling. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Definitely. If he, if he, it's like, it's like if any music, it, it's... Uh, it's simple. It's been since the early times when people dance to music. If you can't tap your foot to it, you can't move to it, it's not going to be good. Mm -hmm. I mean, you need to be able to like headbang or move, tap your foot, dance. Yeah. You need that for the human condition to accept yeah. it. And, and overall, you know, make mm -hmm. everybody happy with your music. That's just, he, he has the key to it. He knows, man. Yeah. Did you yeah. get to go to his mansion? Oh, no, no. Wagner did. I, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> into that. You know, I was always in the back room doing coke with all the celebrities, not going to their house. The rainbow and shit like that. I, I, you know, I'm, I got a lot of stories. I'll get a lot of people in trouble. I can't put shit in the book. Kind of like with Geezer Butler's new book saying all the stuff they made them take out. It's pretty mm -hmm. funny. I can imagine. Yeah. No <laughs> doubt. <laughs> Well, well, think too, Ron. You know, like um, you know, when I think of today, like these days, we're seeing a lot of, with a lot of young bands. We're seeing really, they have that similar style and sound that Trouble, you know, had in the eighties. That Sabbath, you know, oriented, uh, doom metal, metallic sound. Um, but when you think back to the eighties, in those days, like I know when you when you were on the first record, Trouble record, I believe you were on Run to the Light, correct? Yes, you played on that one, yeah. So that was still in the 80s. And a lot of, you know, obviously the 80s was all, it was a decade, you know, a decade of, of speed. Everything was fast and, you know, up tempo. And, you know, it was, it was bands like Trouble and St. Vitus and Pentagram that were really sort of carrying that Sabbath torch at that time when everyone was sort of like, now nah, they were sort of abandoning the, the, the you know, more mid to slow tempo stuff. Now, I mean, talk a little bit about those days for you guys in the 80s when, you know, really, like I said, that sound wasn't, I mean, you guys were, you know, you're doing well, but like I said, it was a tough decade, I would think, for having that sound when everything else, whether it was on MTV or radio, or whatever, was all about up-tempo and speed, and not just, obviously, speed, you know, more, in more ways than one, it was about speed in the 80s, as we know, so. Well, if you're with Lemmy, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, talk a little bit about that. I mean, how did you guys sort of, did you feel like you were kind of on an island by yourself doing all that My stuff? The thing is, we're like one of the bands where we had different influences and we just kind of did our thing. Like Chicago is a little different than like New York and uh, L.A. Mm. or the West Coast. We just kind of do our thing and, and the middle finger to everybody else. So we just like we're not going to follow trends. We're just going to be ourselves. And uh, we just did what we did and, you know, they recorded us and put it out. And uh, by the time we got out to LA and saw what was going on, I was like, look at what the hell is this? You know, it was, um, I remember the cops pulled us over and just cause we looked so different. Like what is up with you guys? You know, cause we, we didn't belong walking down the strip. Cause we're just like, Holy jeans. We look like, you know, the Ramones with leather jackets, Holy mm -hmm. jeans and, and like everyone else in the spandex and, 
and <laughs> fucking hairspray and shit. Um, we, you know, we were part of that, and all them bands are cool to us. They all, for some reason, by doing what we did, resonated with the whole punk community, really dug what we were doing. Um, all of the hair metal bands liked us. I mean, everybody, if... All the people who liked us and dug what we were doing bought our records. We'd be the ones with the mansion. But we weren't. It was one of them things where uh, the people wanted uh, the hair metal and we just didn't, weren't that commercial success like uh, all these other bands who were, what they're doing, but they admired what we were doing. So it was pretty fun. I mean, we were friends with Guns N' Roses, Metallica, Soundgarden, everybody. They just, they loved us, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we just weren't lucky to... Uh, fall into the boat that they did you know that's what i'm thinking sure. you know i'm not bitter it's just it luck yeah. is dry i had a good career i'm happy you know sure yeah well i'm gonna bring up real oh, quick it was tough they wanted us you know to pretty ourselves up and we're like no we <laughs> <laughs> ain't gonna do that yeah well i'm gonna bring just a, a clip up here for you just to, to see real quick this is um my, my late friend Bob Nalbani put out a documentary called Inside Metal. And this is not a lot of people, I don't think, know about this. Speaking of St. Vitus and Armando uh, and Mark, uh, you know, Don Dockin, and I don't know if a lot of people know, he actually produced the St. Vitus <laughs> record, uh, COD, oh, yeah. right? In the early 90s. So this is him, just this is just, an, I, you know, I, I guess an example of what, I, you know, that you were just kind of talking about real quick. I'm just going to bring this up and check it out here. Vitus was like some Sabbath on 16. Yeah. The songs were like 12 minutes long, mm-hmm. and there was only like three verses. Yeah, and it was just dun, 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 dun. So that would go on forever. Right. But for them, <laughs> I told them, I said, Look, I think you guys should do a couple songs a little more up tempo. Like, like Sabbath did a couple right. up tempo songs. Okay, they wrote a song, they came in, and we got an up tempo song, it goes like this. Well, it's a lot faster than other songs, but you know these guys were all major potheads. Right. I mean, it was just massive pot smoking. I mean, Armando was just stoned his whole life. Right. So, I mean, was that? I guess. Would you agree with Don? Was it just? Let's put it this way: Did a lot of it have to do with you know? That just reminds me of that that little thing that he hummed there. The do the do the do the do. They took that riff and made it into a song on their last record. Really? I okay. swear to God, they laughed at that uh, interview so much. They're like, let's make a song out of that. <laughs> no way. It was like, going, uh, is a different breed, man. Um, yeah. I think that uh, Dokken stole a couple of their amps or something crazy back then. They had a rehearsal place right next door. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why he uh, agreed to produce that record. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to have anything to do it. He didn't want his name on it. You know, but then... Uh, Vitus did somewhat fairly well, then also he backtracked and uh, he wants to, yeah, that's so. me. I did I did everything mm-hmm. on it, you know. Sure. I was like, oh, stop it. But uh <laughs> but yeah, that that the thing that he just hummed right there, they made a song out of that just wow. laughingly, like, oh, let's write a song mm-hmm. like what he just hummed. <laughs> telling so- them guys, but um no, they um they got I mean they had some fast stuff, but at that time they just did that to aggravate Doc and you know, Chandler mm-hmm. hated the fact that, you know, some uh, hair metal poser was uh, producing his record, you know. It's bizarre. They're a different breed, man. That oh, yeah. The whole history of them is like, 
<sighs> wow. It's yeah, I mean, Wino was in there for a little bit, even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wait, speaking of Wino, um, last time I saw you, you and the guys was in Austin, Texas, for what I believe was Eric's last show, even. It was, it and, was. And you guys were on tour. And I, I, I remember when Wino told me about the tour, I'm like, that is such an amazing pairing of just legends. Like, yeah, we had the same I mean, book. They're the legends of Doom. I mean, it was just we had the amazing. Same book major, and they're like, this, this would be really cool. So, we're like, yeah, why not? You know, and we we did it. Yeah. And um, it, yeah, that was our last show. And um, he the next day was a day off, and Eric's like, I don't feel well. And that was uh, we the tour continued to the east. I think going to New Orleans and uh, I think Atlanta or something like that. He's like, dude, I'm not gonna make it under that you know we need to cancel a couple shows i'm like well we're not going to drive to rallies from texas you know so so we just because he was sick we didn't know how bad it was going to get you know yeah and it but yeah the tour was doing really well i mean it was it um you know we've known wino forever i mean henry's played in two different wino bands he was in spirit caravan for a long time but that's uh, right yeah you well, know, the, the, brothers and doom, man. You know, yeah, yeah. It was amazing. I, I one thing I remember about that night is probably three songs into your set, and that's a pretty small stage for you guys at the Lost Well. You know, it's not the biggest thing in the world. But I remember Eric walking off the stage, like literally, like the third song, and you guys go into some instrumental thing, and he comes over next to me at the bar, <laughs> he just kind of leans against it and starts getting a drink. It was there for like, I mean, you guys played for like five minutes without, he's just doing his thing. It well, was this just, a song that I wrote, um, that I, we wrote for, um, on the one record and I wrote this middle section that I wanted to give us a chance to have like a yeah. little jam thing in the middle. You know, I wrote yeah. for a whole middle section that we could extend it. And, uh, Eric getting older, you know, it, he, he said, I need a piss break. You know, it's like, <laughs> Hey, put a good piss break at uh, three quarters of the, you know, set. I'm like, so we would go into a jam and he'd wander off, go take a leak and, you know, not come back. He'd hang out in the crowd talking to people. Sit That's the kind of what he was doing. And it's like, yeah. we had to keep jamming until he ended up coming back to the stage. It was pretty funny, you know. But uh, yeah, dude. the last tour, we ended up playing that, that song, I think, early in the set. It was like, really second. early. Like, I was shocked. Yeah. But I, I'll never forget. You know, he, he ordered some, it took him a while to conversate with the bartender girl because, you know, they, it wasn't that easy to hear. Because <laughs> the, the literally the stage is <laughs> like, yeah, right, know, right, right, 15 feet away from the corner bar where I'm at. And, you know, he gets his drink and all that uh, or something. And then some dude comes up to him. I, I'm just sitting right. I mean, I'm standing, oh, Eric, how are you doing? Oh, you doing? Sounds good. <laughs> and this guy comes up and taps him and is like, Hey man, you know we're all waiting for you to be up on that stage. <laughs> and the guy was a kind of bigger too. Uh, and Eric just kind of looked up, and you know, I just kept looking at them, and then I look at the stage like I, this is fucking the wildest shit. <laughs> I've been, I've been a lot of shows, Ron and Matt, lots. But this is for years. We just got used to. We could play a short jam, or we could do a long jam. It yeah. was whatever he decided to show up. You know. Yeah. Well, those like, are whatever. singers for you. <laughs> And, yeah. and, and Eric's voice uh, sounded great till the very end, even. So it, it was, yeah, I look back he at that night. He sounded good that tour. He really did. Yeah, Billy Goat from Doom and Stone actually recorded 
uh, most of that show even, and it's out and about somewhere. So, you know, the last grand show, we'll say, of that era. Uh, what an amazing, amazing uh, stuff you guys did with the skulls. Congratulations on that. Yeah. Huh? I'd love to hear it one day. Oh, oh yeah. I'll, I'll see if I can get them to send me something over. I'll get some to you. That'd be cool. cool. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you mentioned about new material. So talk yes. to us a little bit about that. And, and you know, how we did that wrote, happen? Well, we wrote uh, probably five, maybe six songs with Eric. So we got actually, yeah, the five songs with lyrics that he wrote that haven't been heard yet. So uh, we're going to have Scotty and Carl sing Eric's lyrics to these songs. And um, we wrote a couple more that he didn't get a chance to uh, even do any lyrics to that he was working on a solo record. So uh, I think we got one more to write. So we're just about done writing a record. So we just got to distribute the, uh, the lyrics for each uh, Scotty and Carl, and then we'll come up with uh, the melodies. And I think we'll start recording this summer. You know, it should be fairly quick. I mean, we got everything we need. You know, we, we oh just we got the songs. We just got to tweak them. And uh, we got this one song. Eric sent me this acoustic song with him singing. You know, and I was just like, um, he did it every record. He'd always throw this acoustic thing. At me. Hey, make it heavy. I'm like, I don't can't make an acoustic song heavy <laughs> you know we got our own songs we're writing you know and we just always kind of blew it off but this one he said where he recorded him singing and playing guitar and it's like wow and uh then he sent the vocals with it which uh the, the lyrics which end up were different which i never noticed till just recently when i was like uh going back and listening to all our new stuff and uh i got the file from his son who sent me to the, the, the from, from eric's computer you know, after he died, he got the computer from his dad, and um, I've been waiting. I said, yeah, whenever you get the lyrics, please, I'd, I'd, I'd really like to get them so we can finish these songs. And he sent me the catalog of the songs that for the new record, and it's one song I never heard before, the title, that every song Eric wrote, he would send me the title. Hey, this is what I'm working on now, and and this one I never heard before. So it was very strange that I got get sent some lyrics that I've never heard from Eric. And then I look, I mean, it sounds familiar, and I matched it to that acoustic song he sent me. Like, wow. like he knew, like he was just messing with me, you know. So he prepared it. I was going to use it. Here's the lyrics with the with the, the actual name, and it blew my mind. So um, we're gonna play the music around it, you know, the drums, bass, and guitar, awesome. and add to it and layer it so there nice. won't be one song with Derek singing on a new record. Oh, that's awesome. And we'll probably come with a nice groovy uh pink floydish middle section kind of like uh misery shows on trouble misery shows act two be something like that mm -hmm. so i'm looking forward to working on that but uh we have yeah we got enough for the new record where it was going to be the last skull record mm -hmm. but it wasn't a full skull record and now we're doing the legion of doom which is basically the skull with one extra guy mm -hmm. it's bizarre mm -hmm. we do skull, we're still doing skull shows people keep booking us for the skull with carl Agel singing Mm -hmm. 90% okay. skull songs and we just add a little more but um like we're the legion of doom we're doing all the other stuff mm -hmm. so it's um it's gonna be that's cool you got give me a skull record and a legion of doom record oh there it's is okay so original awesome. music from both okay yes, oh, yes. Very cool. you late are you labeled up and all that yeah, stuff yeah tp or? records who did the skull uh oh, skull yeah. record we're still with them it's family so we're, we're yeah, yeah. he's a great guy yeah 
Yeah. Now I'm going to do a flash for the past of an, of an album you're involved with earth and grave. Mm. <laughs> yeah. What talk to us about this. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. I, I actually, it was a time when I was retired. I was just fed up with the whole industry of business and all that stuff. And, um, uh, this uh, local DJ, Scott Davidson, who Rebel Radio here in Chicago, actually plays drums. I've known him forever as well. Him and his guitar player, he told me, say, hey, let's start a doom band. You know, like, I don't want to do this shit again, man. You know, so I end up working with him and I go, as long as I can produce it and we'll write all the songs together, I'll do it. You know, and we, we did it. We got um, Tony Spillman, who plays in a band called Spillage right now. And um, he was like a, one of the original Trouble Roadies, so I've known him forever. And, um, and then we got one of the most talented uh, classical violinists in the world, Rachel Barton Pine, on viol electric violin, who never played electric violin. She wanted to try it, but always wanted to play metal. You know, I'd always see her at the metal concerts playing like, uh, you know, the Cowboys from Hell on violin and Metallica <laughs> on Slayer and shit. It was like, this chick is fucking cool. You know, she always wanted to play metal, but she's at the top of the classical world. It's amazing. So we did uh, a doom rock record, you know, it's in, in an EP. We, um, TP, not TP, uh, Ripple put it out. Yeah. It's one yeah. of the things where just it, the timing of it, every, you know, she, Rachel is touring the world all the time. And, uh, and I start doing other things that our guitar player who I started this project with end up moving to, uh, Texas and then do we lot switch drummer. So it just kind of just who was on vocals. Oh, Mark Weiner, the Chicago, uh, total Chicago guy. It's, it's, he doesn't get, you don't get more Chicago than this guy. Uh, he, um, yeah, he, he could belt it out with the best of them. And he actually, uh, he just uh, rang me the other day and said, Hey, I got some more material, man. I'd like to, you know, work on stuff if you want to do something, you know? So, has and, he sang, I'm sorry. Has he, has he, I'm sorry. Has he sang with like other bands? Uh, uh he sang in Spillage with Tony Spillman for a while. He, uh, he's been doing stuff, you know, he, uh, he, cool. he's, a, he's a worker. He's got the family to support, but uh, I mean, he, uh, He's like the weekend warrior and he wants to do more and he wants to perform again. And we got festivals asking us, Hey, put earth and grave back together. So I'm like, Oh, I'm <laughs> wow. busy, man. Uh, so you never know. It's it, they, they got the fire lit and it may happen. You know, I, I, I'd love to see all these people and play music with them again. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, you brought up Chicago and that's something I've been wanting to ask you a couple of things about Chicago. First off, White Sox or Cubs? White Sox. Cubs. I grew up in Wrigleyville. That's why I'm a Sox fan. If you ever grew up with Cubs fans, man, you, you would probably would have hung yourself. Uh, no. really? I wish I wish the Chicago fans Cubs are great, man. They're like the coolest <laughs> well, I mean, it, fans. Cubs fans didn't <laughs> take baseball opinion. serious for years. <laughs> and, you know what I mean? I, it, well, they no, gave me grief. They gave me grief for being a Sox fan. I just was always the black sheep. I want to do something different, you know. Hmm, so yeah. I mean, growing up in Chicago, I'm, a, I'm an Oakland Raider fan too. So they gave me oh, nice. all about that. So yeah. Oh, yeah. I grew up with bikers yeah. and shit like that, and people who broke shit and did nasty stuff. And it kind of like just. But you lived in Wrigleyville. Before. I'm sorry. But you grew up in you grew up in Wrigleyville. You said near right? Wrigleyville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walking distance from um, Wrigley. I used to go all the time. I was a baseball fan, but I just didn't like Cubs fans. Good Cubby Bear. 
Oh, I, I drank there many times. I saw Frank Marino and Rush there. Uh, wow. Aquin. There's some good bands played. Wow. There. Yeah. DRI. Now, nice. talk to us about, you know, I always ask this question. What was like your favorite band or two your senior year of high school? Uh, always Sabbath and Priest. Those two are, you know, and Slayer. Them three are great. But uh, no, I, I used to listen to progressive rock in high school you know genesis and king crimson and uh yes i i loved it you know and but thing is my my what's close to my heart is motown as i was a kid and it always there and uh grand funk it's like my i was the youngest of the family so my older brothers would play uh i'd hear motown and uh grand funk railroad so to me it's just it's like that's what yeah. life is about what year you graduate high school 83 Okay. All right. So you're just before I got in high school. Interesting. <laughs> and uh, and so you, you're right. You know, with Sabbath, Dio or Ozzy or both? Both. Both for sure. Dio's a sweetheart. I met him many times. He, uh, we actually traveled toward with uh, Dio uh, in, in Europe before. So it was, uh, yeah, he was, he was a sweetheart. He was one oh, of the nicest man. guys in metal, man. He, he remembered everybody's names and people. It's like, yeah, that's right He's here. a freaking yeah. nature, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another big loss. And uh, I, I saw him front row, um, and that was pretty magical. I, the first time I saw Dio, guess what? Dawkins was opening up. Now <laughs> <laughs> the whole world goes around. Um, and so talk to us about in being in Chicago. Like, what was it like scene-wise? I mean, I think outsiders, we don't always get it, but we see stuff coming out, but it's kind of – marching to its own tune at times like you said talk to us about what it was like as you guys being a you know a band at that time in chicago and what was going on what other bands stuff like that mm, man um it's just we just always had a chip on our show like you know they'd always call us the second city and uh it, mm. it felt like people looked at it like okay there's a big city surrounded by hundreds of miles of farms you know which, which I guess is kind of right, but uh, <laughs> most cities are like that. Lake. You know? I mean, yeah, yeah. Most, most cities are like that, but uh, yeah. I, I mean, Sticks and Ario were pretty big, big here big. at the time. You know, they were playing like uh, the high schools and the smaller clubs and uh, wow. Cheap Trick. I mean, it, it mm. there's a lot of bands from this area that that got pretty big. I mean, Kansas would always come up here and. Uh, like in the, the 70s and 80s, you know, and we had this, uh, it was a definite place for every band to play, you know, and, and uh, you'd get these crazy, like, European mixtures, you know, like, you'd be like uh, ACDC, Boston, Foghat, you know, thrown together on festival shows, Rush, and it was, um, it was a very good rock and roll town, you know, you see how UFO, I mean, they, they could have ran for mayor and they would have won here. <laughs> yeah. everybody loved that band and still still do yeah I, I always said you know with chicago because it wasn't on the coasts and it wasn't the media capital like in la and new york because most bands especially in the 80s right if, if you were a band you know if you weren't from either of those cities you'd move there to get discovered and yes. a lot of times and me and me and john were talking about before you know we had john here about chicago and i was saying you know there's just so many great bands out of there but it's like people find out about them later. Not a lot of times, like even like a band like Trouble. I mean, you guys have gotten just uh, that, that band has gotten bigger and bigger 
as the years goes on because more people are discovering them. Right, where, right. Where back then it was just, you know, just Midwest bands in general, I think, a lot of times always got overlooked because they weren't in those media capitals where everybody was moving to to get signed by those labels, you know. And I think that was just, unfortunately, a disadvantage for Chicago because you, you're saying it, it is such a great rock town. I've been there. I love, it's one of my favorite cities, Chicago. And awesome. it's just, you know, it is, it bleeds rock and roll. And people, I think a lot of people don't know that. You know, I think they're just not aware of that, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, a lot of the, the blue collar uh, cities, Cleveland, and all of that. Yeah. When the industry was going, it, it was Detroit. I mean, the places yeah. to play in the seventies and eighties. And then when the industry started dying out, the money did too. And it just, it kind of, you know, Chicago kept its own. I mean, we're 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 a lot bigger than all the other cities, so uh, mm-hmm. it's a must stop for all bands. And we're just like. Just love to lose our minds for anything. You know, our, our sports teams have always been bad, or they were. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. to celebrate something, you know. Well, Bulls certainly made up for things. Oh, everybody, I mean, the wow. Bears, they won one finally in the 80s, and, uh, you know, <laughs> everybody won. The Sox won, and, which was great because all the Cubs fans yeah. were pissed. Yeah, <laughs> they, they beat them and to they the World Series. they luckily won, today. and it just kind of, then it's kind of evened out, and, and <laughs> <laughs> it's so I had no idea. Ario Speedwagon. And yeah, they're from Southern Trek. Illinois. They're from I think from Champaign, Illinois. Oh, down there at uh, U of I. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Interesting. Cheap, Cheap Tricks now, Rockford, right? Yeah, Rockford. Yeah. Actually, okay. just yeah. yeah. And then Ministry is Chicago, I believe, right? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Or not that. And I think that it's interesting is there's it feels like there's an industrial kind of vibe on some Chicago has a little bit of an influence on that, obviously with ministry being one of the biggest, did you ever get into that scene and check that stuff out as well? Uh, well You're more metal and rock. Al was a drunken idiot. I mean, he threw (laughs) one beer bottle almost hit me through because he was throwing a fit and I almost beat the fuck out of him. And after that, you're a lot bigger than him. And you know, it's like, (laughs) You know, the chicks with shit in their face is kind of cute, but he just looks like uh, he fell on a flight of stairs. It's kind of just go away. <laughs> I, I didn't know when he was going to get this. It's never really into heroin and the whole thing. It's like uh, yeah. music. And I know people who played with them and nah, yeah. I just never into it. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. I, was at, I got into metal. I mean, real metal. That was just I wasn't into that. No. What did you think when Thrash first started really? kicking in thrash yeah it oh god i love it. high school it's like my my buddy when he played me uh except when he played uh fast as a shark fast as the shark i was what like what what is this you know because we didn't know we had uh you know we were all listening to acdc and motorhead and you know motorhead was the fastest thing around and we heard fast as shark we're like wow you know then he's like well this band raven is playing yeah Metro and uh, you know, the, and you know, band Metallica's open, and you know, none of us knew where Metallica was. And what's he raving? And wow. Metallica played, and it was just like, <laughs> wow, step back, and it's like, it, we saw the future in front of us mm-hmm. right then and there. It was like bluntly in our face, it was like, this is what is happening, and this is incredible. It was really mind blowing seeing them that, that first tour. The Kill 'em All tour, goodness. <laughs> yeah, wow. Legendary tour, yeah. Absolutely. And everybody wanted to play like that, and it's just you know, then we got a lot of thrash bands in, in Chicago. You know, and it was really good thrash punk scene. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, I just saw there's a festival in Chicago called Cultivate. And it's like a marijuana-themed yeah. festival. I just <laughs> saw this stuff. And, and the, the lineup is massive. So, obviously, they got a lot of full-throttle sponsorships going on this thing. But, I mean, it's like a massive lineup of rock, metal, limited punk, reggae. Hell, I think they got some rap and, you know, hip-hop mixed in there as well. But, like, Graveyard's coming over from Sweden and all kinds of stuff. And it's like well, a great set in Chica- Chicago. It's called Cultivate. Never so heard of it. I know. I, I never heard of it until yesterday. Okay. And and then Brad Bill works. Yeah, they had start on me. That's good. Yeah. Wow. So <laughs> I mean, I'm glad I could inform you of something here. Uh, but it really, really fascinating concept, and I think it's like in the city too. It's a place called the Nursery. There's a there's a lot of festivals and parks and shit here now. It's really cool. I mean, so many bands yeah. are playing. Like, uh, we got a street fair, like. Like four blocks from my house, where X is going to be playing this summer. I'm like, whoa, wow, wow. you still around, huh? Wow. Yeah, wow. I mean, just stuff like that. So there, it, it, there's a lot going on here. I mean, Lollapalooza every year, which now is just for the, the kids, but um, but it's still it's huge. I mean, instead of touring, they just had this giant four day fest in Chicago. Yeah, you know, let's wow. make it easier. And Riot Fest, they have the the thing here every year, and it's huge. Uh, so it's um. It's it's easier to tour from touring around the states. Just pick a central location and just yeah. play. You know, it's like yeah. Europe, the same thing. You're playing the festivals and touring. It's just really hard to do. Well, yeah, as you're getting older, it's difficult too. Obviously, well, but financially, yeah. oh, financially, that's true. You're right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Logistics. I'm older. What else are we gonna do? You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, good point. Well, Ron, so I did see. Um, Legions of Doom, I believe. Uh, I did read that you guys are uh, going to also line up some more dates than what you already have going on right uh, now. Is we'll that correct? Atlanta in November? Uh, there's okay, a yeah. Festival in uh, Atlanta that is going to be pretty damn cool. Mm-hmm. And that's the uh, yeah Mass Destruction uh, Fest. I yes, Mass Destruction. Thank you. I okay. should have had it in front of me, but just I'm looking at the computer. I can't do it. Oh, there we go. Okay, it's right there. We got it right there for you. There we go. <laughs> Don't miss cool. it. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, so, so you said you got the new, uh, you know, records lined up now for both bands. So, I mean, are you gonna, is it going to be going forward? Are both bands going to exist or is Legions to do more of a, a celebratory thing? Are you going to keep the skull going? I mean, would you, or do you even have any idea what's going on? You just kind of, kind of take it, but has it, how it, you know, basically, I guess how it comes. I never know what's going on. I just kind of fly by the seat of my pants, but uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. We're definitely both bands are going to exist because, uh, demand is there i thought the skull was over but people still want to hear it and they want to hear them songs and loter and i wrote some cool heavy songs but carl singing them it's it's pretty cool and people want to hear it so uh we're gonna do both bands until they don't want to hear us anymore Very then cool. i'll go raise goats and chickens and shit like that. <laughs> awesome man well uh Ron, so where should we now send the listeners and viewers to just keep up with Legions of Doom, the Skull, and just everything you got going on. What's the best place for everyone to keep up? Or to buy some merch and all that good stuff. Uh, the Facebook thing is probably the best one. Uh, the, the Skull and the Legions of Doom. Okay. On Facebook. Uh, and we're going to branch off everything from there. We're going to eventually get the online store and have all the merch and all that stuff. It's like a bunch of old guys that ain't that hip with uh, computers and shit like that. So we got to get money and hire the youngins who can do it for us. So once we get that rolling, then 
But the lead, the skull and legions of doom on Facebook is where everything goes through. Okay. Fantastic. All right. Well, John, anything else you got for Ron before we wrap this up, man? Nah, just great seeing you as always, man. Look forward to hopefully uh, getting the catch Legion to Doom at some point in time. So We'll be on the West Coast eventually. I mean, I'll, be, I'll be hitting the Vegas as soon as I can because I need to go to a Raider game. Nice. Yeah, yeah, there you go. You let me know if you're coming to town. I will. Sure. I'll go to, I've, been, I've even been to that stadium yet. So it, it's, it's a beautiful stadium. It's like nice. Yeah, yeah. I wish like the team it. was better. Yeah. yeah, I don't know about that quarterback yeah. situation this year, but we'll find out. Yeah. I, I, I'm a Raider fan too myself. These oh, days, cool, so. cool, man. Yeah, so let's hope he's healthy. That Jimmy uh, G. Does that uh, sound so good lately? The rookie's probably. gonna be good, man. You think so, Aiden? Uh, oh yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, all right, man. I'm, I hope you're right. I hope, I hope you're right. <laughs> I hope they're pretty good too. They're yeah. now my second team slash third team. So I'm a Cowboys fan. So that's been my team forever. Yeah. And, Go next. Uh, that's a lot of yeah. I like Dax. I want him to do so good. This is their year, man. Yeah, every be. year, every year is their year. Yeah, <laughs> we got a good defense. Yeah. We got an amazing defense. Uh, so that hopefully makes things happen here. So, well, man, uh, safe travels over to Europe. Have yeah, some fun over much. there, man. Quick one.